Boy, you just never know what goes on in a person's life. And sometimes we'll walk right by people not even knowing what's going on on the inside. That's why Jesus is the hope of the world. You know, in our series, People Matter to God. And it's easy for us to attend church and then when we leave, forget that people matter to God. We forget that we matter to God. But God has not forgotten us. He has not. Even though we'll look around the world and see what's happening, He has not forgotten about us. He has given us Jesus Christ, who is the hope of the world. You know, about 30 years ago, when we looked at our world, it was completely different than what it is today. Isn't that true? Even locking your doors. You know, when we were young, we never locked our doors. People could just come over. It wasn't, it wasn't, there was no threat. But now, it, well, we're more threatened by our family members coming over and taking food, but that's different. But we, we've come into a, a, a time in our lives where, where society is completely different. I had this email that was shot out, and it was just a question. And the the question was this, what do you think of our world today compared to the 1980s and how do you see our future? Now this is just 30 years ago, a little over 30 years ago. Not even talking about the 30s or 40s or 50s. This is just 30 years ago. It says the last, this is not my email, I just caught this from someone. It says the last days I saw many movies and series of the 1980s and I felt sad. Because the time was so wonderful and exciting in many respects, both in privacy and world affairs. There were great events like show business, fashion, inventions, automobiles, and celebrations. Life was full of energy, confidence, carefree attitude, and love of adventure. But it seems like now the world is full of fear, misery, malice, and hate. Everybody lives for greed and ignore the essential things like Faith, helpfulness, satisfaction and cooperation, or other people hang around bleak. There are only a small number of people who retain their marvelous spirit of life as they did in the 80s. What can we expect of the future? Where are the excitement, surprises, and so-called magic of the 80s? And someone answered, And said, in comparison to the 80s, our today's world is just moving so fast. We're dependent more on machines than we are man. We're dependent on the things of man. Corruption is higher. There's more violence. We're more westernized. There's more terrorism. We've grown more impatient. And there's a lot more competition. If you have converted $100 from 1980 to about 2005, it would be equivalent to $250. That's how much our dollar has changed. In 1980, a new house costed about $68,000 compared to today, three times as much. Gas in 1989 was 97 cents. 97 cents. Gum is more than gas was then, today. In 1980, the average cost of a new car was $7,000. $7,000 compared to today, almost three times as much. In 1980, 
a Nike Air Force basketball shoes was $54. Today, online, you can order a Nike Zoom Kobe Bryant 6 ID basketball shoe for $165. But it's custom made for you. And that's without shipping to Hawaii. It's probably more than the shoe itself. But we can see in the past 30 years where our world has come. And it can almost seem hopeless. We can fall into a world mass depression mode. We can have people in our very own family feeling like there's nothing left to hope for. We just recently seen all the things that have happened in Japan. You turn on the news, it's always there because of the devastation. We've just heard about our going into and being part of a, you know, a, a national coalition or a, a worldwide coalition with bombing Libya and the things that are going on in the Middle East. And you hear of famines. We constantly hear about wars that are happening. And the things that happen around us locally with our economy, our unemployment, There's so many things that we can look at that are not going so well. And it's projected by the time we hit summer that gas will hit $5 a gallon. It can almost seem hopeless. Like everybody's going to have to start riding bikes and walking because of gas. And we think about these things because it hits close to home. It's not just things going around in the world. It's things happening in our very own household. Things like our marriages. Things like our kids not doing well in school and we're trying to help them do better. Or even our children going through adolescence and going through changes. Our grandchildren. Or our kids with kids. And we're trying to help them. And all of these things come about as of a result of life. That life happens. But there is hope where there is Christ. I'd say, let's get back to what Jesus was telling us all along. Even when times were good, Jesus still spoke of how times will be, even though times were good. Jesus wasn't a, a person who was just fickle in the times and, and fluctuated in what he said because things were good or bad. He wasn't that kind of person. He was solid and sure and faithful in everything that he knew. You see, all of us will experience some kind of fear, but we can all find hope as we explore some proven principles in the Bible that we can live out. When you came in, you were given a bulletin, and if you're new this morning, we welcome you. But in there, there's a place that you can take notes or follow along. You have your scriptures in there, or we'll have our scriptures come out on the screen. And the first thing we can learn from what Christ has taught us is this, do not fear what I see. Definitely, do not fear what I see. Because we're going to turn on the television. We're going to see these things that happen. Bad news sells. That's That's how it goes in the world. Bad news sells. And we like listening to good news. We do. But boy, you turn on the news and it's all bad news. There's some good things that they'll throw out there. But there's a lot of bad things happening. But don't fear what we see. Just don't fear. Because we can get stuck in what we see. 
We can get stuck in the images of people who are hopeless, but forget about the men and women who serve our country that are bringing hope to the world. We can forget about that. We can forget about the moms and dads who sacrifice. You, you sacrifice for your family. We may never see that. People may not see what your children sacrifice. You may never see your kids say no to something that that will distract them from the heart of God. You may never see that. They may never tell you about that. Because we'll gravitate towards what is bad. It's not fear what we see. It's like an illusionist who gets us off focused of what he's really doing and kind of lets us focus on something else to pull the trick off. That's what can happen when we focus on the things that are not going well. We can miss the things of God in what He's trying to do. And Jesus said it so clearly in Matthew 24, verse 6 through 8. He says, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Then He says this, and if you have to underline this or memorize this, do it. He says, See that you are not troubled, for, these, for all these things must come to pass. And then He says it almost with a... With, with strength and courage, he says, but the end is not yet. In other words, what Christ is saying is, I am not finished. You look at the world and say, oh man, everything is going downhill. But, but he's not finished. I don't know if you remember that movie, E.T. Some of, some of you might be kind of, you know, weird about the movie because it was kind of like an alien figure. But that movie came out, I think, somewhere in the 80s, somewhere around there. Uh, and, and it was about a, like an alien who came to Earth. And it was supposed to be a cute creature. But I don't know if it was so-called cute. You know, it had big eyes and a long neck and just a, a, a kind of weird body. But uh, in that movie, if you didn't watch it, I'm going to spoil it for you. But it's in the 80s, so if you watch it, it'll be great. And, but in the middle of this movie... This boy, Elliot, who was really close to E.T., the extraterrestrial, E.T. was found in the river dead. And everyone is crying because he's dead. And all the time, E.T. was just trying to phone home. He invented wireless, I think. And in the movie, as it was going along, it's like it was sad. And it's like the life of E.T. was attached also to this one plant, so the plant was dying. And then Elliot comes and visits E.T. for the last time. Remember, he was in that little box, and then, and then he, he sees his heart starting to beat. And then he walks out, and he sees the plant come to life. And he's wondering, hey, what's happening? And then he sees E.T., and, and E.T. is alive. And Elliot is blown away. He's alive. And he says, E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. E.T. phone home. He's trying to make him be quiet. And I remember watching that as a little kid. And I'm thinking, he's alive. That's the greatest hope in the world. Well, for the movie, you know. But midway, midway, it's like there's no hope. And that's what Christ is saying. In the film of life... We're midway. We're not finished yet, guys. Christ is still on the throne. He is still the King of Kings. And when all looks bad, stay focused on Christ. 
get back to Jesus Christ. We know the quote that courage is not the absence of fear. It is pressing on in spite of it. That's what courage is. Jesus prays for us in John 16, 33. Are you saying these things? And he says, you know, all these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Then again, he says this with such courage. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. In other words, what he's saying is all the things you see that are destructive, all the things that you see that take life and destroy life, I have overcome all of that. I am a life giver. I don't take life. I give life. Because he's the hope of the world. He says in Matthew 24, he says, Nations will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. And all these, all these are the beginning of sorrows. See, what Christ is not saying is, be of good cheer because these things happen, because I've overcome the world. It's not what he's saying. He's saying, you're going you're gonna to be sorrowful. But that's just the beginning. There's going to be sorrow in the world. But along with that, be of good cheer because I've overcome even sorrow. I can give you hope. Hope that the world can never give. See, Jesus is saying that these things that we do see, it will bring us sorrow, but do not be troubled. These things are going to take place, but I have overcome the world. Sometimes as Christians, we tend to pull so far away from the world and we say, I don't even want to know what's going on in the world and I, because it's, it's too sorrowful. Now, I'm not saying to, you know, just let all of that soak into us. But stay close to, enough to the world where we can reach the world. But stay closer to Christ who has overcome it. If you are taking notes, you can write in your second point. Stay close to the world, but closer to Jesus. Stay enough, close enough to the world that we can reach people who are far from God. But stay a lot closer to Christ who gives us the strength to overcome despair. Many times we stay close to Jesus, but we are so far from the world because we're safer that way. Christ said, no, that's not why I came. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus Christ into it. It's a paraphrase, but that's what he did. He sent Christ into the world. Not just kind of hover above it and say, oh boy, I don't want to get involved. Christ said, no, I'm going smack dab in the middle of war, famines, earthquakes, everything. That's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be where people are because people matter to God. And so Christ did that. Sometimes we, tra- we chase Christian events more than we do lost people or people who are far from God. We chase Christians more than we do the people who do not know God. That's not why Christ came. He's, he, he came, the Bible says, for somebody like me, a sinner. That's why He came. He said, those who are well don't need a doctor. It's those who are sick. They need a doctor. 
And Christ has given us that responsibility as His people to reach out to those that don't know Him. People ask often, what is the vision of New Hope? What is the vision? I mean, what is the direction of New Hope? It's very easy. It's three words. Reach the lost. Try it. It takes some time to memorize, okay? We're going to do it together. Ready? And do it with your hand. Ready? Go. Reach the lost. If you're left-handed, use your left hand because the fingers don't come out. Okay, let's try it again on the left side. Ready? Go. Reach the lost. It's simple. What's our assignment? Reach the lost. Simple. It's that simple. The lost people in our family. Now, I'm not saying lost that they don't know where they are, but when we're far from Christ, we're lost spiritually. Many of us were lost spiritually. Like Renee was saying on her testimony, there was no hope without Christ. But Christ brings hope because He is the hope to the world. And Romans tells us, just to bring that balance, He says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. That's what He's saying. Just change the way you think. Or you know what the Bible is saying? My understanding. Change the way you understand things. Because there's going to be things that happen in our world we won't understand. People will always ask, well, if, if God loves people, why did He not stop the earthquake? Why did He not stop the tsunami? Is not God all-powerful that He can do that? You see, we have to change the way we understand things. We just don't understand. We're limited in our thinking. And as best as we try to answer all of those things, really, it still does not, it does not satisfy our thought process. When a loved one passes away, when we lose our, our, our job, when our finances disappear, we don't, we don't understand a lot of things. That's why we stay close to Jesus. Because even though we may not understand everything, we're renewed when we change the way we think. We draw closer to Christ. Sometimes we'll, we'll come to a place in life where we don't understand everything. Kind of like when you're, again, watching a movie. And have you ever watched movies with somebody who already watched it? Or maybe you're in the movie and someone behind you whom you don't know watched it. And you're trying to understand the movie but they're talking about the movie. It's like you want to throw popcorn at them or something. I don't. You do, I think. I don't know. But it's like we, we, we just want to watch the movie. But there are those who will talk and they say, Oh, that's the guy. I'm telling you, that's the guy. He's the one who did it. Or I have a, a, a niece who will tell me what is going on. Before it happens, you got to watch this part. They're going to get bit. Watch it. See, they got bit. And I'm thinking, I just want to enjoy the movie. But they have understanding for those who've seen the movie already. We don't have that understanding because we haven't seen everything yet. God does. He understands everything. He knows exactly what's happening. We can fall into a rut of trying to understand what we can't. But if we stay close to Christ, then He brings understanding when we cannot fathom what's happening. Because He brings hope. Hope 
helps us pass through when we don't understand. It's hope that keeps us going. We may not understand everything midway, but in the end we will. And it'll all make perfect sense. Just like at the end of the movie that we may not have understood. In the end, it makes sense. It just makes sense. That's why it's important to stay close to Christ. The Bible says He is the beginning and the end. He knows everything that's going on. He is the hope of the world. See, His prayer for us, Christ's prayer for us, is not that we tune ourselves out of the world so that we can't reach the world, but to stay close to Him so that we don't become like the world. Because it'll be hopeless. He's saying, don't don't get so conformed into the ways of the world where you become hopeless too. Stay close to me. Transform the way you think. Change the way you think. And bring that kind of hope that I've given you to the rest of the world. John 17, 14 through 16. As Jesus is praying, he he says, and he's praying to God the Father. He says, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. But just as I am not of the world, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. What Christ is saying is there is so much hope for those who understand the message of Jesus Christ, who is the hope of the world. You and I are still here because we need to deliver hope to the rest of the world that may not have it. Be that messenger. Be someone who gives hope. People are going to talk about what's going on. They may even question you. They may even say, okay, you're, they may call you holy. Okay, you're a holy person. You're somebody who believes in God. You, you go to church. How come God doesn't save everybody? They may ask that. We may not have the perfect answer. But be someone who brings hope. Be, be a, and, and number three, you can write in that, be a messenger of hope. A messenger of God's hope. We have too many messengers of despair and hopelessness. We, we have that already. But we need more messengers of God's hope. That's what we need. And the only way for me to be a messenger of God's hope is to receive His hope and to be filled with His hope. Otherwise, I'll just pour out whatever's inside. If I'm hopeless, that's all I can give. Even though I know Jesus Christ, I'll give out hopelessness. And I won't know how to, I won't know how to give hope if I'm not filled with God's hope. Be very careful that the things of the world does not fill your life. Because if that happens, then, then we become deliverers of hopelessness, despair, discouragement. Romans fifteen thirteen it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not your spirit. It's not my spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. That's who gives us the power of hope. It's the Spirit of God. It's not the Spirit of the world. Not conjuring up some kind of, of fake hope. 
But it is the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us that strength to give hope. Hope is not easily found. You have to make it happen. I was watching this one show. It was like a preview, like a gold rush, and they have to dig for gold. And the guy said, you are all millionaires. The only problem is you got to dig to get it. And I thought, that's where we are. If we don't have hope on the inside, we're not going to be able to give it out. But even then, even as Christians, it's like you got to dig to get it. Because we're filled with despair, hopelessness. we got to make it happen. And it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. But be a messenger of hope. That we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit to overflow so that it overflows to other people, to, to be that affluence to other people. And that word abounding, it's actually used like a, like a flower bud going to full bloom. Have you ever seen that happen? It's, it's amazing. But that's the kind of hope we give. It's like as Christians, yes, we understand that things are not as best as it could be, but we when we shine as lights, we become full bloom to the world. That they can see, wait a minute, there is hope. And that hope is in Jesus Christ. You never lose what hope you have by giving some to another. Never do. You build them up. You tell them. You tell them about the hope of the world. Because it just may very well be that spark that changes someone's life forever. But we, we have to do that on purpose because people will be discouraged. It's like these two brothers that were playing baseball and they had their game going on. There's a championship game. Tommy and, and Timmy were in the dugout. And Tommy, being the, you know, a little older brother, is always excited and energetic and, and so is his younger brother. But... Tommy noticed that Timmy wasn't as energetic and he looked sad. And so Tommy said, Timmy, what's the matter? You look sad. He says, did you see the score? It's 18 to nothing. We're losing. It's hopeless. Tommy grabs Timmy's bat, gives it to Timmy, and he says, Timmy, there is hope. We haven't even gotten up to bat yet. Just wait till we do, and it'll be our time to shine. You may be down 18 to nothing. Somebody in your family may be down 18 to nothing. Somebody at work may be down 18 to nothing. You may feel like that. But maybe you haven't even gotten up to bat yet. Christ will give you the strength required to hit a home run. Be a messenger of God's hope. There's nothing else that we can give but God's hope. You can look at the world, our economics, even your own marriage or relationships, your family. Maybe you have a loved one that's, that's uh, uh, traveling right now, or maybe they're serving our country somewhere around the world. And, and, it, and there's nights that you just don't know how they're doing. And it can almost feel like there's no hope. Maybe you're still in school, maybe going to college, and you're not doing so well with your grades. Maybe, maybe you're unemployed right now, or your health is not doing so well. Maybe someone you know, their health is not doing well. 
And it may look like you're losing, but you haven't gotten up to bat yet. Christ will give you the strength. And when he does, shine for Jesus. Because the world needs hope that the world will never offer. You know, when the early church was being birthed and, and when, when the apostles was going out there and, and, and preaching Jesus Christ to the world, there were some that hated them, some were skeptical. But there were some that understood that God loved them. There's so many terrible things taking place at that time. But despite the circumstances, the believers kept spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in Acts 15.3, it records, So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing the conversion of the Gentiles, or describing the conversion of those who were far from God. And they caused great joy to all the brethren. They caused great joy. They produced this joy that was on the inside. They constructed, they formed, they made joy happen. Because of what was on the inside. They were filled with God's hope. And they poured it out to the rest of the world. Did you know that as days go by, even with what's happening in Japan, people are coming to know Christ. They're coming to know Christ. We have missionaries in Japan that are spreading the gospel. Now they're doing, they're doing the practical things too. As best as possible. Right now it's hard to get in because of the airports and, and uh, the dangers right now, even with the nuclear power plants uh, being unstable. But they're bringing hope to people who just a few weeks ago were on top of the world. In a day, it's like hope is gone. But hope is not because Jesus is the hope of the world. You may be thinking, well, what can I do to bring hope to people around the globe, especially with what's going on in, in Japan? Something that God put on my heart, uh, this is a, when, the, when it happened, usually I'll pray and I'll ask God, what do we get to do? What do I get to do personally? And what do we get to do as a church in the middle of the Pacific? What can we do? Some people have been praying and you can continue to do that or you can start doing that. Pray for the relief efforts. Pray that the missionaries going in and the missionaries that are already there would bring hope to people. That God would provide resources and finances. That we would partner together globally so that we can help. But also, realistically, it takes finances. And if God puts that on your heart, at the end of our service, we're going to give specifically to the people in Japan. And you can make your checks payable to New Hope, and then we'll cut one check, and then we'll send that out. But that's just a way, in a, in just in a small way, but in a big way, that we can bring hope and be that messenger of hope to a people who are dying right now. They can seem almost forgotten. But as we heard earlier, they are not forgotten. Let's be Hawaii. The people that God has called to let them know that they're not forgotten. That there is hope. And the hope is Christ. Because He's a hope for the entire world. Second Thessalonians 2.16 and 17, it says, may, Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself 
and, a God, and our God the, and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Let's be a messenger of hope in word, but also in the works that we do. There are no hopeless situations. Absolutely no hopeless situations. But there are people who give in and have grown hopeless about the situation. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Let's be that to our families, our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends, and globally. Can we do that? Let's be the hope that Christ has to offer. We're going to ask the ushers to be prepared. And we're going to pray over this offering. And please, if, if the Lord speaks to you, then be obedient. Don't hesitate. Either way. Just be obedient to what Christ has to say. Let's pray specifically over this offering. And I know you're getting your checks ready and writing that out. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now we pray specifically for our friends in Japan. Those that have lost loved ones. Those that are still looking for loved ones. We pray for those that have survived. And, and maybe they don't know how to get back to where they came from or their home or... Or they have no way to communicate. Lord, I pray that you will continue to connect people together with their family members. Lord, I pray that you will help each person in their efforts to, to bring hope. That you would be the one to spark our spirits and those that are going in. To bring hope to those that feel like there's no hope left. We pray for food resources Water, we pray your protection over the nuclear power plants. That you would be the one that would cool down the reactors. That you would be the one that would bring hope. That your light would shine. We thank you that many people are coming to know you. Lord, strengthen your people. Bring hope to the world. We trust in you. We thank you for the gifts that we give to you. May you take these gifts so that it can bring hope to people who may feel like there's no hope left. Let us remind them that they are not forgotten. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead. You can pass out the buckets. and I just want to say thank you very much for your prayers and, and your giving. It's an over beyond gift that you're giving. And the Bible says when you do that and you give cheerfully that the Lord will use it to do wonderful, miraculous things because He's the giver of hope. Let me just close with this. I love this poem. And you've heard this poem before. And take this to heart.
It's called our deepest fear. It says our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, handsome, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that others won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God within us. It is not just in some, it is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Be a messenger of God's hope. Because Jesus is the hope of the world. Let's pray and close. Lord, thank you for giving us your son, Jesus Christ, who is the hope of the world. Thank you for not forgetting about us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. But you give us hope. You're the giver of life. You're the one who can take people like us that give of our finances. That we can make a difference around the globe. It is only by your power and your spirit that we're able to do that. Lord, I pray for all of us here who are going through despair, discouragement, a season of depression, that you would be our hope, that we will remember how wonderful you are, that no matter what is happening around us, no matter what we see, we won't fear what we see, but we'll be encouraged by what you say and who you are. And I pray for our families, our loved ones around the world that are serving our country, the men and women who serve tirelessly, day after day, not just protecting us, but also protecting those who are under those that, that abuse them or are tyrants. So thank you for being the God who cares about people, who brings hope to a world that may look hopeless. Let us be the messengers of hope so that we can shine as lights so people glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said, Amen.